Welcome to this podcast for the Women in Sport and Exercise Academic Network. I am your host, Dr. Jackie Forsyth, and also co-founder of the network, the purpose of which is to grow, strengthen, and promote research on women in sport and exercise with the ultimate goal of optimizing women's athletic success and their participation. With these podcasts, we wish to bring you information from leading academics, experts, and practitioners involved in research or work with women in sport and exercise, so providing you with advice and support for your research and activities, as well as advice on exercise and performance improvement for women. Please follow this podcast for future updates. Emma O'Loughlin is a physiotherapist who currently works in New Zealand as a health partner with ACC and as a musculoskeletal medicine lecturer at the University of Otago. She's almost completed her PhD, which has been on the impact of a female-specific anterior cruciate ligament reconstruction rehabilitation program. Emma is strongly interested in including female participants in her research and investigating female-specific prevention, causation and management of common musculoskeletal conditions. Well, Emma, welcome to the podcast. I just wanted, first of all, to ask you how you did this trip from, what was it, Dublin to New Zealand? Because as I've already told you, actually, I would have loved to have lived in New Zealand. I think it's an amazing country. So is there any advice you can give to people who might be interested in working and living in New Zealand? Yeah, uh, especially in our area, like I'm a physiotherapist and so a lot of the qualifications that are needed, if there's any physios listening, we are short of physios here in New Zealand. So I think uh, recruiters are actively recruiting uh, back home in Ireland and the UK. And I guess you have to do your certificate you know your board certification but uh, that is achievable if you're from the UK and Ireland the I guess the requisites are pretty similar to home that's what I did I I did my board certification from Ireland and then flew over once it was ready if there are academics or wannabe academics there are kind of people who are interested in PhDs it is probably worth noting that currently uh the government in New Zealand is also trying to attract uh, inspiring academics and currently the fees for PhD here are it's the same fees for international students as it is for domestic so they're trying to encourage that and if you get a PhD position here then you can come over and you have a, a visa your partner can also come on that same visa and they can work while you do your PhD and then after that you can apply for a working visa once you're finished so yeah it is definitely there are options if you did want to come. That sounds great but you started there as a physio you said and then you've gone on to doing your PhD is that right are you still working as a physio then? I have a, a funny few roles I'm not working clinically at the moment as a physio but I am my current role is I have two different jobs currently alongside my PhD and one of them is three days a week I work for ACC which is New Zealand's kind of no-fault accident insurance scheme which is everyone pays a tax uh, out of their wages and then if you fall and break your leg or you slip and unfortunately have a disc herniation or something and uh, then that is covered and so what I do is I am a clinical partner within that insurance 
space and uh, that means I do health service design so like the contracting of elective surgery services and how we purchase them and who we purchase them for and I guess I'm kind of a middle ground between the clinical community and the insurance community so I do that three days a week and then the other two days I'm a module convener for the fifth year medicine school here in Wellington and I am the module convener for the musculoskeletal module so I teach orthopaedics and so I'm not in the clinic at the moment but would like to get back probably at some stage. And with all of this you're managing to fit in a PhD right? Yeah yeah I do it in evenings and weekends pretty much oh. yeah, for the past three years so it's been a challenge but I guess that's kind of the decision you make right when you go into a PhD when you're my age when you started and you're in your late 20s is you have a mortgage and etc and so you just make it work but what I'd say is my academic role I guess uh, has you know some time for research and and publications and so that comes hand in hand with the PhD that I'm doing with publications so I've been publishing the way through and so that is part of my academic role as well. So it kind of crosses over. And you're recruiting at the moment for a study that you're doing, which is a multi-centre randomised control trial. Can you tell me anything about that at the moment, how it's going? Sure. Um, yeah, like we're actually finished recruiting, but we're still collecting data for our multi-centre RCT. So I guess the hypothesis for our RCT is that we are looking to see if carrying out a menstrual cycle phase-based rehabilitation program improves limb symmetry measures for women after ACL reconstruction. And so we're recruiting, we were recruiting, but we're collecting data from women all over the country and physios are seeing patients for us all around the country at the moment. And this followed a scoping review where you were trying to look at follicular phase-based training versus luteal phase-based training for well anybody really but to improve performance or to improve ACL recovery or improve muscular strength so what did you find out from that scoping review? Yeah so probably important to note when someone has when a girl or a woman has their ACL injury they undergo reconstruction and then after reconstruction there's a couple of different periods of rehab you've got to get the movement back in the knee then there's a big focus for a couple of months three or four months of gaining strength back in the knee and after that you're talking about hopping jumping skipping turning twisting all that sort of stuff so it's that middle part where there's a big focus on recovering strength and so as someone who is seeing patients they were seeing patients and, and doing a lot of strength training I was seeing some of the literature coming out around around menstrual cycle phase based training and our scoping review really goes forward from Belinda Thompson's systematic review, which looked at the effect of menstrual cycle phase-based training and kind of made a recommendation that women, when they can, should focus on their training in the follicular phase of their cycle. And so we kind of thought, well, has it ever been looked at in women who are carrying out this resistance training as part of a rehab programme? And you'll have seen in our protocol, we did a little initial first look and we couldn't really see any studies uh, that looked at injured patients in particular and so we expanded our criteria we said right well let's look at all the studies that have looked at this and see if at least their methods and their results and see if they're applicable for these women like what would we are their methods similar to what we would do in clinic are their results 
important for it in clinic and we did the review and we've also had some major revisions on the review uh, which has allowed us to actually quite recently look at the updated research which is quite nice because there's been some really recent papers come out and what we found is that I think we had 13 studies complete so it's under review still hopefully it'll be published soon we found 13 studies total who had looked at this seven primary studies five of them which supported menstrual cycle phase-based training for reasons such as increased strength outputs after kind of a period of training, increased muscle diameter or uh, kind of volume of the of the muscle after that training. There was a group of physio researchers who had reduced dysmenorrhea symptoms, their painful periods after that period of training. And there was one study which showed that there was a participant preference for the kind of follicular phase based training. So what we kind of took from that was a lot of the studies were over a month long. They had a couple of sessions per week. They had standardized protocols so similar to what we'd look at in the physio clinic. And so our results from that study show that there's there's an opportunity here to look at this type of training in an ACL environment and see if it improves outcomes. So I guess our RC treat or CT rather is trying to fill in that gap. Well, I'll really be interested to see this scoping review because I probably only know a handful of studies that have been done on follicular-based training and luteal phase training. In my understanding of what should go on, though, when you initially look at this and you look at follicular phase training, obviously oestrogen levels are quite low in the early follicular phase and only increase in the late follicular phase. So to me, it doesn't make sense that doing that training for the entire part of the cycle would have such a big effect because surely the effect would only be enhanced when oestrogen is elevated. And what happens then in the luteal phase? Because oestrogen is still enhanced. I know progesterone is also elevated. But why is there no effect there or why has there found to be no effect there? Yeah, what I'd say is probably your fair point in regards to the early follicular you know mid follicular late follicular but you kind of do see rising levels of oestrogen I guess from mid to late follicular probably if you're really good and you could you know periodize that even more and um, but for easiness sake if we just take follicular and luteal probably Tanya Oosthuis and I apologize if I've got her name if I pronounce it wrong but Tanya Oosthuis and Anthony Hackney their new mechanistic paper probably at least for me, explained some of that because they were questions I also had. And what they kind of say here is that for some reason, which we still don't know, progesterone seems to have increases protein catabolism for some unknown mechanism during that second half. In addition, when we get this rising level of estrogen in the first half, that seems to activate satellite cells, which help to repair and recover from that muscle after the resistance training that repair but that seems to the progesterone seems to block that satellite cell recruitment in the second half or in the in the luteal phase and that seems to be the difference now as to why or how it blocks that satellite cell recruitment it seems to yet to be determined but that is at the moment the effect or or mechanism of, of why this we seem to be seeing the results that we're seeing as well, you've also done a qualitative study where you've asked physiotherapists mainly, was it, about their perceptions of menstrual cycle and kind of what advice they gave to people they were treating. So what was the outcome of that? Can you say a bit more about that one? Yeah, so it's first 
part before we did the RCT, we wanted to know, do physios actually talk about the menstrual cycling clinic to orthopedic surgeons? Because they're the ones who are going to have to tell our patients about tell patients about this trial. Um, do patients talk about it? And do athletes who've never been in the environment of a physio or, or orthopedic clinic think that they would if they went in there because they didn't have any you know, previous boys haven't been in there before? So we got all four of them and we basically asked them, how much do you know? What do you think about the menstrual cycle? Do you talk about it? Or have you talked about it in clinic? And are you comfortable? So we had an overall theme that it's new, but it's evolving and it's a pertinent issue to discuss in the sports medicine clinic. So everyone knows, yeah, we can kind of hear there's research. We know that it's coming. Uh, as per usual, they say there's not enough education. What we did see was that there was a big difference between patients and athletes. They were interested. They said, yeah, we generally track our cycle and we're interested in if our periods are are regular and if they give us if we have symptoms whereas all the physios and doctors said yeah we know about the menstrual cycle we know about red s we ask about red s and uh, we're thinking about acl injury time of the month uh, and that's association so they didn't mention none of the physios or surgeons mentioned anything about whether patients track whether they have symptoms whether they're regular they didn't they didn't ever ask that what they asked was red s but the patients they couldn't give two hoots about red s they weren't thinking that at all they were just thinking do i get symptoms and am i regular and so uh so there was that and then we asked are you comfortable and uh generally there was overall kind of yes but kind of situation so the but was if the patients were of a particular culture so it was noted here we have maori and pacifica women or wahine that there was always that kind of thing is, is it culturally correct if i ask a maori woman um, or girl uh, about her period is that a cultural taboo then there was also the age of the patient so a lot of the physios said oh especially the men if it's a young girl i'm a bit awkward if it's uh if it's an older uh, kind of woman who's in her late 20s or you know uh, you know are kind of of that kind of older mature age no problem and then they also said uh, if i'm a guy that is more awkward like the orthopedic surgeon said I'm a guy like I, I this is very different for me I don't have what, kids that are girls uh, I don't know about this and it's very out of my comfort zone so that they were kind of what we heard but the health professionals did say they had strategies and those two strategies were the one was create trust with patients so don't ask them first get to know them a little bit better create some rapport and then ask someone about their cycle and that seems to work better and number two tell them the why so i tell them why you're asking so there is this research that is talking about red s this is red s this is why i'm going to ask you about your cycle or i think symptoms you know might affect your your ability to play well let's talk about if you have any and so yeah that would they were our main results in the study so that's really good advice for physios and health professionals, really. Back to you then. When are you hoping to finish your PhD and what are you hoping to do after you've done it? What is your dream job out in New Zealand? Thanks, Jackie. Um, so great news. I had a meeting with my professors just yesterday and we are, I'm going to hand in my thesis in May. So uh, we're just waiting on one participant for my thesis uh, to finish up. And then uh, we are going to analyse our data and hand in in May. So hopefully I'll I'll graduate my PhD by the end of the year. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, it feels, <laughs> feels feels a lot to do, but it feels good. My dream job 
would probably be I guess my career has been quite varied so far and I feel like that I've been quite lucky in that and it's given me quite a broad sense of even with research kind of in the insurance environment how that translates to how you purchase and and contract for healthcare so probably though I would love to lead research trials that take a female specific or a woman specific look at musculoskeletal injury continue on looking at ACL continue potentially looking at adolescent girls and their knee injury rates looking at menopausal women and things like frozen shoulder Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, all the itises that tend to happen around that age and just I guess female musculoskeletal injury throughout the lifespan and so that's I'd like to lead that I'd like to lead a research group or be part of research group do international collaboration and yeah just keep learning I guess. Sounds great and does any of this stuff that you've been doing resonate with you? Have you changed any of your practices as somebody who does sport, as an athlete yourself, do you follow your own advice or did you know this already and did you make adaptations already based on your menstrual cycle phase? Probably worth knowing that a lot of this I have personal connection in, which is similar to most people who probably uh, research this area. I tore, I had an, a lateral ligament injury of my knee and a meniscal injury when I was 15. So very similar to what we see with this ACL pattern of girls who are playing team sports. I was playing Gaelic football, injured my knee and I've been dealing with that going forward for my life. I have to keep very strong on that knee, especially my quadriceps strength or it flares up. So I have a personal experience with that. I also took up long distance running when I was 18, 19 and very similar uh, to most young women at that age, uh, potentially went into red S and had a tibial stress fracture, lost my periods. That was masked by the oral contraceptive pill for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I so had no idea until I came off the pill, even though even though I had been suffering with stress fractures and things like that. So probably after the after that, uh, when I got my period back and then became more settled after traveling and stuff, training for long distance events which I do quite regularly just really focusing on maintaining good energy and nutrition and not getting into that red situation anymore and also I have used menstrual cycle phase-based training to prepare for an ultramarathon just not necessarily as the studies have done it in a clinical or in a in a research environment, but basically putting my strength training that I would do in that first half of the cycle and trying to do my heavy runs when I'm feeling just that bit stronger. And that definitely paid off in a 50k ultra that we did here a few years ago, which was really nice to just feel that strong and work with your body rather than against it. So that's kind of my hope. Similarly, I guess with the qualitative research, I'm how it informs I'm very open about talking about the menstrual cycle with my friends with people who are not anyway close to physio or health science but just trying to make it normal day-to-day talking about it posting about it online and trying to do my bit that way so other people can feel comfortable too. Well that's great you've given me a lot of insight and things to take away with to think about. It's been great talking to you. I feel sometimes I'm only talking to people that are really interested to learn about their topics so I'm going to have to 
look at different topic areas, but this is definitely a topic that I'm interested in. So I was fascinated. So thanks very much for that. No problem. Thanks, Jackie. Appreciate it.